There is no better way to kick off our week than a salute to our troops. And when you say salute, do you go back to the Citadel days where you're standing in formation and they go like, praise it, you know, do you remember that? That's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool stuff. I watched a video of a silent drill team the other day, and I remember thinking like, that's right. Those guys are badasses. Oh, yeah. The uh, junior sword drill team at the Citadel. Just amazing to watch. And there's some stories there, but that's another day. Today, we're just saluting the troops, OG. Focus. Focus. Got it. On behalf of the Stacking Benjamins team and our friends over at Navy Federal Credit Union, thank you for all you do. Let's go stack some Benjamins. Pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Live from Joe's Bomb's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's Mom's neighbor, Doug, and could you? cha-ching by being nicer on today's show we welcome america's breakthrough coach brian byro to show you the roi of kindness plus with more stimulus about to find its way to your wallet Susie orman thinks you're gonna blow that cash don mcdonald from talking real money will share how you can become her biggest disappointment during our headline segment later Julian asks about sexy SPACs and how private companies are using those to go public. What the hell is a SPAC and do you need to know how they work? We'll give you the 101 and the 411 PDQ on today's Haven Lifeline. And then, even later, I'll swoop in and save this train wreck with my award-winning trivia. And now, two guys who wouldn't understand the ROI of being nice since they haven't done anything nice for me in over a thousand episodes, it's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J-G. We're always nice to Doug. Merely being around us is exudes niceness. I mean, just... He gets to bask in the warmth. I know. Of this recording session. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Egomaniacs to the Wind podcast. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me, the guy who is learning the ROI of kindness. One lesson at a time, Mr. OG. Hey, it's not called ego if you can back it up. <laughs> you, it's like a no fear shirt from like circa 1989. You can't, you can't do that when I just take a, I think you're going to say something long and and I take a big, big drink of coffee and it almost went all over the whole table here. Well, you know, as far as you know, yeah. Great at 5am on a Monday morning. How are you, man? Gosh, just happy to be here. Happy to be here. Took my vitamins. I got all sorts of energy. That is so scary. We got a great show. A guy with a lot of energy too. Brian Byro with us today. He is America's breakthrough coach. You ever go to those corporate things where they break the piece of wood, you know, put their hand right through it? The karate meetings? Yeah. The meetings where you, if you can believe it, but he does. You walk through fire like Tony Robbins style. He does not walk. Did you see the one where Tony Robbins got uh, sued because somebody didn't walk through fire quite as good as they should have? They didn't believe. Yeah. Well, that's the whole problem. It's not Tony's fault. They doubted the force. It's just like when Luke was standing on one hand upside down and he was like, couldn't lift the thing out of the, out of the water, the star, the, the destroy. What the hell is it called? Come on. I don't know, man. The thing out the of fighter. the stuff. The fighter, is- his, his fighter, his X-Wing fighter. There it is. I got it. I got it. My kids will be so proud. I got it. X-Wing. This is quality programming. He couldn't lift the stuff out of the thing. You know, the one stuff. Um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? <laughs> We got Brian Byro coming up, but first a couple headlines. Well, but even before that, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. 
Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We at America's Breakthrough Coach here to talk about the ROI, return on investment on kindness. So let's get rolling. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. This comes to us from Investment News. Later on, we're going to take a Haven Lifeline call, OG, about SPACs. But the Securities and Exchange Commission warns investors about buying SPACs endorsed by celebrities. The agency cautioned against investing in blank check companies based on endorsements from pro athletes or famous musician. That's the message from the Securities Exchange Commission, writes uh, Bloomberg News, which warned investors last Wednesday about buying shares of special purpose acquisition companies based on endorsements from Hollywood actors, pro athletes, and famous musicians. The SEC highlighted that the red hot listings, which have captured the attention of Wall Street and retail investors, can pose substantially more risks than typical initial public offerings. We're going to cover SPACs later in the show, so we'll get into what those are later. But I, I think just this whole problem, OG, of celebrity endorsements can be a big issue. If you're doing something just because your favorite pro athlete says it's a good idea or that they love it, not great. Well, and I think you got to recognize the difference between an endorsement that's likely happening because of the fact that they're getting paid and a, an endorsement that's happening because they're getting paid and they also like it. And th- the first thing that I thought of was Tim Ferriss. You know, Tim Ferriss has a big podcast. Everybody's aware of it. He's written a gazillion books. And his advertising on his show, he has like one or two products. And every time that I've, that, that something that he's recommended has matched up with something that I needed, every time it's been great. He's earned that Isn't trust. That funny that you, I was going to say, it's funny that you say that because I feel the same about Tim Ferriss. Every time I bought something that he has had on his show, I've loved it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, either the people or the advertising or whatever it is, or if it's a system, like like I'm doing his kettlebell workouts and I'm like, yeah, I don't need to research this. I know that he's done all of that. I feel that. But different from that, if you're getting an investment product that Tim Ferriss would say, I'm just making it up, you know, I feel more comfortable than that uh, investing in something like that than I would if you know, my favorite football player or basketball player or entertainment star said, oh, you should invest in this, in this IPO or this, uh, this SPAC because they haven't earned that, that track record. You know, they haven't earned that uh, goodwill. The SEC didn't name any specific celebrities. A number of stars have announced ties to the blank check companies, including rapper Jay-Z, NBA player Steph Curry, tennis champion Serena Williams. Those are some some big names. The thing well, that but out of those three of them, Jay-Z is the one that's actually been successful outside of music. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually had successful companies. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Serena Williams, I was reading uh, in Fast Company about her and her companies recently. I mean, it's all private stuff and it's all based on her, mm-hmm. but she's had a hell of a, uh, some business ventures. Well, I can imagine. I mean, you find out way after the fact, I, my, <laughs> you ever eat at Cinnabon? <laughs> of course you have. You know who owns a lot of Cinnabons? Magic Johnson. I should probably not shake my head on an audio podcast, should I? Yeah, I mean, we can't hear what's rattling. Who does? Magic Johnson owns a lot of Cinnabons. And uh, so did that uh, uh, great wide receiver from the uh, Detroit Cowboys. Herman somebody or another? Detroit Cowboys. Detroit Cowboys. (laughs) Detroit Cowboys. The transition is complete. I think Texas has you. Jerry Jones is like, I finally wapped another one. <laughs> Take it over, Detroit. Herman Detroit. Moore. 
Herman Moore. Yeah, so he owned a whole bunch of them too. So yeah, I mean, a lot of athletes, Shaq owns a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of athletes do a great job outside of their career. You know, we only hear the ones about the ones that they do poorly, but a lot of them do well with their investing outside of it. But I'm I'm thinking about just from a business standpoint. Sure, yes. You know, Jay-Z's launched and run other companies that people are familiar with. So. But even more than that, I think you got to, you know, we, we, say, we quote Stephen Covey so much, but you got to start with what your goal is, right? I mean, and as you know, investing in a SPAC, and we'll, we'll talk about how that works. Investing in a SPAC may or may not re- help you reach your, your end goal. Well, it, it will do one of those things. It either will or it won't. There won't be a lot of middle ground. <laughs> Yeah, and you'll be sure either way, by the yes. way. Yes, you will be 100% sure. You either made it or not. Do over. Yeah. So if that fits your end goal, then fine. I, I wouldn't put my emergency fund in it because uh, Steph Curry told me that that was a good idea. You can drain some threes, though. Hey, Joe, it's Don from Casa Talking Real Money down the street. Hey, guys, hope I'm not interrupting. Hey, I got that article you sent uh, uh, about Susie Orman, the one from Yahoo Finance. I love how negative the headline is. I, I just love that. You know, But do you know this? This is an interesting fact, that negative headlines get 63% more clicks than do positive headlines. So that explains why Yahoo Finance used that thing, the three worst ways people will use their next stimulus check. I thought it'd be better if we did it, like maybe you should do it as a positive, like the three best ways people will use their stimulus checks. Like, ooh, like number one, pay your bills. <laughs> Just like really easy. Just pay your bills. If you're, if you're behind on your bills, this is a good time to pay your bills. And unlike the the Susie list where they say not taking care of bills first, you just say it like this, pay your bills. If you have some credit card debt, pay your credit card debt. The sooner you can pay that off, the better off you're going to be. Can you imagine if you were actually making 15, 18, 21, 29% per year on your money? Wouldn't you feel like you were an incredible investor? Well, if you just stop paying interest on your credit cards, that's about what you'll be making for all intents and purposes. So we got pay the bills. Um, and, and they said not building an emergency fund. Why don't you say it like this? Build an emergency fund. That way you'll have money should times get bad and you can't pay your bills in the future. And there's one that that wasn't mentioned in the article, and I think this is probably the best thing of all, the best thing you can do with that money. This works no matter what your age, but the younger you are, the better this advice is. Put the stimulus check in a Roth IRA invested in no-load, low-fee, index-style mutual funds broadly diversified, not the S&P 500, and I do mean massively diversified, like a total world index fund, and let that grow tax-free for 10, 20, 30, for some of you, 40 or more years. That will be some serious money, particularly if not only you, you put it in your Roth IRA or you put it in a regular IRA or you just put it in a taxable account even, and leave it alone for decades. But if it gets you into the habit of investing so that you do it on a regular basis, there will come a time when you'll look back and realize that that may have been the smartest thing you ever did. Oh, and then I think the article mentions something about giving money to charity. Yeah, of course. If you've got extra money and you don't need it for your future, and how many of you are out there who don't need it for something. Yeah, of course you can give it to charity, but take care of yourself first. Charity begins at home. And speaking of charity, do I smell cookies? Oh my gosh. I love your mom's cookies. Okay. Gotta go guys. Oh, Joe's mom. Joe's mom. Have I ever told you what a good cook you are? A Navy Federal Credit Union understands that whether it's a deployment, your EAS day or retirement, 
Life in the military comes with all sorts of financial challenges. And after a year of uncertainty, it's important to build your financial confidence back up. One of the best ways you can do that is to develop good savings habits. And you can learn some great savings tools and tips from Navy Federal's Savings Learning Center. I was just there, OG. You take a little quiz based on exactly what you're trying to do. I think it was three questions long, and then it targets all of the pieces of learning that are probably just in time. And I love just in time learning because I'm going to use it right now, right? Studies show you can go and you can read all this interesting stuff and you're probably going to forget it. But if you're going to use it right now or fairly soon, you're much, much more likely for that knowledge to stick, which is why I love the way they've set up their savings learning center. So develop good savings habits, whether you're saving for college, retirement, rainy day fund, long-term goals, Navy Federal Credit Union can help you start planning. In fact, they offer free savings accounts for your every need. If you want to save with a credit union that helps you build financial confidence, find out more at NavyFederal.org. That's NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal is federally insured by NCUA. I love how Don just comes bursting down the stairs and then takes it. Hey, Don. I mean, it could be, it'd be nice if there were like a, how are you? You know, how's it going? He's the talent, dude. When the talent shows up, everything stops and we just go. With that voice? Isn't that what you told me the other day? I said, hey, can you help me with this business thing? You're like, you wrote asterisk voice talent on a text message back. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, guess I'll handle it myself. That was so good. So good. I think our lessons are, number one, do the right thing with your stimulus check. I think that is Stimmies, A, number one. GameStop. All specs. Put it all in specs. Please, God, do it. Especially the ones I own. Don't do it because a celebrity said so. Do it because it helps meet your goal. We think about the ROI OG in a lot of things. We think about the return on investment of the SPAC that we're investing in. We think about what can we do with our stimulus check? How about this one? The return on kindness, especially in a year as bad as the one that we just had. I think that uh, I'm kind of seeing it online a little bit. People a little cranky, a little surly, but cooped up for a year. And at the same time, the days are a little shorter. So I thought it would be the perfect time for this guy, America's Breakthrough Coach, Brian Byro, joining us. Let's say hello. And on my dad's shortwave radio, it's my new friend, Brian Byro. How are you, man? I'm just great, Joe. It's awesome to be with you. I want to ask you, this moment in time, as you know, we've had such a weird year, right? We've had, for some people, it was a horrible year. For other people working online, it was same old, same old. For a guy like you, who thinks about motivation so often, Brian, what occupies your time now? What do you think about most? Well, you know, I'm a great example of somebody whose world was turned upside down overnight because I've been a professional speaker for 30 years on the road all the time and speaking at live events all over the world. On March 12th last year, March 11th, I had 80 events booked for the rest of the year. On March 15th, I had zero. Oh, my. So what we have to do, it really caused me to have to walk my talk and figure out, you know, that there's one thing I want to help people do more than anything else. It's to shift their focus to controlling their controllables rather than focusing on their uncontrollables. Because when we start to control our controllables, the things that we actually have choices about and can take action, we feel momentum. We feel like we're making progress. We feel like setbacks aren't really failures. They're places to learn. So I had to walk that talk. I had to suddenly say everything I've done for 30 years doesn't work anymore. Uh, right. Whether it's temporary or permanent, I don't know. But for right now, it's real. And so what am I going to do? How, what am I going to focus? And so the, the three fundamental controllables that work, whether you're talking about your personal finances, you're talking about building a small business, talking about building a great life. One is to shape your future. And that means take charge of your vision. We too often use our memory to see. Um, so often I ask people this question in my events, what color is a yield sign? And I've said that 1800 times and every single audience's answer is yellow. Well, they're red and white and they've been red and white for 45 years. 
Um, why don't we see them? Because we use our memory to see. So step one, the first controllable is to shape your future. Before you step get off two, onto the second one, by the way, when I read that at the beginning of your new book, you say, what color is the yield sign? And then I have to turn the page to see. I said, well, of course it's yellow, Brian. Duh. And you're like, no, it's red. So I fell right into it. Isn't it amazing? Well, don't feel alone. I mean, it's been, you know, about a half a million have said yellow and maybe 10 have said said red. So you're right there. So it's really understanding that we get caught in patterns of the way we've seen things from the past in our conditioning that keeps us from seeing what's right in front of us right now. Um, so step one, first control will shape your future. Step two is to energize and engage yourself and your team. Ultimately, we don't control the result. We control what we put into the result. And to everyone we touch, everyone that matters to us, our energy is our example. And yet most of us have been conditioned the same way we see yellow yield signs to think that our, our energy is like the weather. You know, it's like hope this cold front stops sooner or later. Right. But we can actually choose how to elevate our consistent level of energy, which makes us more alert more aware and more, uh, more solution oriented. So that's the second controllable. I've got so many questions, but I'd love to hear the third one first, actually. I'm, okay. I'm just, I'm just wondering where to go first, <laughs> a chance to fit in there. but I want to ask you a bunch of stuff about motivation, about where it comes from. Cause you talk, you know, when you talk about controlling the, the controllable and so often, especially now, right, it's easy for you being a guy who's usually on the road to look around your office. I'm imagining and straighten things up and do things that, that are not, you know, where you need to focus. You're a guy that's been a coach for a long time. Like, how do you reboot the system and get back into focus mode? Well, the first thing you got to do is that realize that within every adversity is planted the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. In other words, the toughest stuff we make our way through are the things which really actually we grow the most from if we, if we pay attention. And so in a short time, I had to figure out how to pivot to virtual, which I had never wanted to do because I love live events. I love the electricity. I love sure. the connection. I love the feeling. And then figure out, okay, so I never even thought about doing this. And yet I can have an impact on people without having to jump on an airplane, miss 17 flights. Now, how can I do it the best way possible? So the driving force behind staying on, on focus and not you know straighten up the mattress and whatever else is to really come from a place of purpose. Purpose is where we have our superior, our, our most powerful energy. And when we lose sight of our purpose, you ever notice, Joe, when you get to do what you love to do, it really doesn't matter how much sleep you had, doesn't matter Agreed. how you've been feeling. Yeah. 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 But when you lose sight of your purpose, it's like somebody puts a pin in that, that energy balloon. So I start each day by asking myself, what am I most grateful about in my life? What is my most important next step? And that simply solidifies a direction. Then it keeps me on track. And then I start focusing on what leads us to that third, uh, that third controllable, which is to build people, build teams and build relationships. I don't care what you do. It's the people business. It's the relationships you build. It's the way you help others grow and the way you grow yourself. And that the foundation of building people, teams and relationships is to be fully present. And that's what many of us get caught up into as we have to move into this new world is that we're scattering. We're not staying focused. When you're fully present, 100 percent of your mind, body, spirit is where you are, where you are now. And when you do that with people, it connects a relationship in a whole new way because it says to them, hey, you're important to me. You matter. You're, you really count. And whenever you're not present, which you can't fake, incidentally, you can't fake being present. People know it instantly. Yeah. Whenever you're not present, it says to them. You don't really value them that much. And so being fully present is also where we get the most done and stay the most on track. Boy, that resonates with me so much right now, Brian, because I notice even today as you and I are talking, I probably have 18 tabs open on my browser. And really what I needed to do was shut those down because people totally know when you're not completely here. And by the way, it doesn't affect them. It affects you when you're not in it because you don't, I don't then hear everything that you're actually saying. I start to shorthand and that's, that's awful for our relationship. That's exactly right. Cause what I often ask the question, what is the least used human sense? I really believe it's hearing it's listening and not because we don't actually kind of hear the sounds. It's because when we're in a conversation, how often are we actually constructing our response before we've actually heard oh. what they said? Yeah. And you know what? You can teach yourself to do it differently. You can take it in 
and you'll still know, be able to formulate your response. But when you take it all the way in, you send that, see, when you're fully present, you send an unmistakable message, which I believe is what our job is as human beings. Our job is to help the people that we lead, serve, care about, and want to make a difference for that they're important, to let them know they matter. Because when they know they matter, they begin to rise. Yeah. And that's where motivation comes from. I, I laugh. They call me a motivational speaker. I'm a motivated speaker and hopefully a catalyst to help people motivate themselves. I love that. I'm, I'm motivated. But you got to be <laughs> motivated to be motivating, I suppose. Well, you, all you can do is really zero in on your on kind of your character. My my mentor, the man who wrote the forward to my very first book, Beyond Success, was the greatest coach of all time. Uh, his name was John Wooden. I mean, you probably know who Coach John Wooden was. Okay, yeah, UCLA. sure. UCLA. Um, he was my friend. He wrote the forward to my first book. But he talked and focused on the same things we just talked about. He focused on what you put in more than what came out. He said, success is peace of mind. And it comes from only one thing, knowing you've given the best of what you're capable. In other words, you got to stop worrying about what comes out as much, focus on what you put in, and then a wink at you and say good stuff will come out that way. So the same thing in life is focus on your character more than your reputation because your character is who you are. Your reputation only what others think you are. And if you focus on your character, it will eventually become your reputation. I really want to get to kindness and its role here, which people don't think about the role of kindness when you talk about all these topics that we're, we're talking about. But to your point that we'll bring up here in a minute, it's so central to it. But before we get there, you brought up John Wood and you brought up coaches. You're a coach for many people. You were a swim coach uh, for a long time. When it comes to coaches and finding coaches, because we get this question on the show all the time, Brian, how do you find those right coaches that you most need in your life? Well, I think the first place is kind of a surprise because you think about going to your coach to give you answers and there's a time for answers, but a great coach asks more than tell because the only way you're going to be inspired, the only way you're going to learn is coming from inside of yourself. So what a coach seeks to do is to bring out your best, not just to dump knowledge on you. So the first thing I would say is if you find a coach who just wants to tell you everything, that's probably not going to be the right coach for you. Find a coach who first starts by asking. When I get an invitation to speak at an event, the first thing I do, they, what they want me to do every time is tell them what I'm going to do for them. And I always start by turning that around, spinning it to saying, I'd love to tell you what I do because I love it. But first, let me ask you some questions and to learn what's their most desired outcomes, what matters to them, because that's where coaching comes in. You don't coach everyone the same. Great coaches coach everyone different because everybody is different. I was very surprised to hear you in a speech once talk about how motivation is internal, not external. And I think this must be, Brian, what you're getting at here. Good coaches help that internal motivation come out. That's exactly right. You've got to help people discover their answers, discover it because then they own it. Then it's not a temporary thing that comes in your ear, you try it and falls out the other side. It's something that they, be, they feel that they're engaged in. When I was a swimming coach, I had 15 assistant coaches. One year after I left coaching, I was in graduate school. We had to write a paper each week in a class about our work experience. And I asked myself, if I was such a good coach and I had a really wonderful coaching career, what happened to my assistant coaches when I left? And whoa, it was like a bucket of ice water in my head because only one was really flourishing. And interestingly, what was different about that one? He was the one I asked instead of told. If he came to me and said, Brian, how should I handle this situation? I always say, I don't know, Jay, how do you think you should handle it? And then he'd think and he'd think for himself. And if I thought that I could help in some way to guide it a little bit, I might add a little bit of input then. But I always started by asking him to get engaged. And motivation is internal. No one can motivate you just the same way. Nobody can take away your energy unless you give them permission. Boy, that's fantastic. I want to ask about that assistant coach as well, because as you're saying that, I think then about becoming a coach. Do you think it's a good idea for us all to aspire to coach somebody else? Well, like it or not, we all are coaches, but at the foundation, you have to understand that coach is above all a teacher. Um, and so to be a coach allows you the opportunity to step back into the shoes of the participant and it makes you really want to elevate somebody more than yourself. I, I one, of, one of the things I loved, I was a swimmer when I was a young man, but one of my greatest joy was to have people go a whole lot better than I was. You don't coach sport. You don't coach finance. You coach people. 
And it's really understanding what makes that person tick that makes the fun in coaching. And so if you're a parent, you better see yourself as a coach. And if you coach your children exactly the same, they're probably not a good way because one might need a pat on the back. One might need a very pointed pat called the tip of your toe in their tush once in a while. <laughs> one needs a, a just to be to, to a word of praise. And one needs space. Unless you're a, a real coach pays attention and seeks to find what works with each person. And in so doing, you can't help but enrich yourself. That's the great thing about coaching. Whenever you seek to enrich another's experience, you can't help but enrich your own because you learn stuff you never would have learned otherwise. That's a wonderful segue, Brian, to what you've been writing about lately, which is kindness and about really the the, the role of kindness. You have on your website that kindness and empathy are 400% more important now than they were five years ago. And I'm wondering what that shift is. Why, why is there such a shift now versus five years ago? Wow. You know, that, that could get into a whole lot of things, but I, i truly believe one of the reasons I wrote the book, the ROI of kindness is that I feel like more than ever, we're starved for kindness that we've forgotten how to be able to disagree without being disagreeable. One of John Wooden's favorite statements that, and we have a conditioning that I want to interrupt. I want to disrupt this status quo where in the last few years, there's been a thing of that, you know, we all want kindness. We want to have kindness in our family. But many people are conditioned the same way we see yellow yield signs, that kindness is weak. The kindness is soft. The kindness, it doesn't work in the real business world, the real finance world. You got to be dog eat dog. It's You got to crush. And this book and my life's history really deeply transforms that and says that is absolutely not only a little bit off, that's completely off. And all the statistics that go in the book and the stories bring it out. You know, uh, what company in the field of quick service food that has the highest turnover rate of any industry, 170% year, what company dominates? Well, it's Chick-fil-A. Why? Because they have a kindness value proposition. And instead of 170% annual turnover, their turnover annually is 14%. That is $300 million directly to the bottom wow. line because they focus on kindness. In the area of fast food, I'm even thinking about, I didn't know any of that, by the way, that is phenomenal. I remember, and this is now a long time ago, when Taco Bell at the uh, fast food, you know, you drive up to the drive-thru, not that I've ever been to a Taco Bell. Drive never, never. I would, never. no, 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 no. A number one burrito <laughs> with a, with a whatever Dr. Pepper would never do that. Wouldn't put that <laughs> junk in my body. But, uh, and never at, uh, you know, one o'clock in the morning when I was younger, much, much younger. Wouldn't yeah, somebody else. Yeah. This is just for a friend. I got you. Absolutely. This is just a hypothetical story. But, <laughs> the, the, but if I were to do that, I remember when Taco Bell, Brian, speaking of fast food, made the change to just when people pulled up instead of saying, may I take your order, please. Their first question was, how are you? I remember reading a case analysis that goes along exactly what you're talking about. Their sales skyrocketed when they just started having this little bit of human interaction between me and a teenager about life before we talked about the burrito supreme. You know, I think a, a lot of this is about seeing so much separation politically. The idea of working across the aisle seems so much difficult now. And I think that's one of why we're so starved for kindness. And, and in the last five years, the single biggest brand attribute that has become the most important to buyers, this is across all industries, is kindness and get the stats. It's 391% above the next highest ones are like social consciousness at like 70%. 391% more important to buyers is how we make people feel. You know, why is Southwest Airlines, you're in Texas, why is Southwest Airlines dominated um, and become an, an unbelievable story? Because they combine kindness and fun. They're all about making it a fun and rich experience and delivering kindness through through the power of fun. Every single company that you that I admire that has had a lasting success, as I started to do the research on the book, I found they had what I call a KVP, a kindness value proposition. At Chick-fil-A, it's a pleasure to serve. At Southwest Airlines, it's having fun and connecting people. Nothing about flying. It's having fun and connecting people. And why do they dominate? Because they understand what matters is the way you make people feel. Yeah, I think of another company you've worked with before, Disney. Immediately, think of Disney. Absolutely. They don't call them customers, all right? They call them guests. 
You know, immediately just that shift in a cultural way of looking at the people walking into your theme park, walking into your your world. They're guests. We have a we have a conditioned response to put our arms around guests, to take care of guests, that that's what it's about. And it's enculturated. That's the key thing. So I don't care whether you're a single entrepreneur, a small business owner or somebody who is a part of a big company. You've got to build a culture. And one of the most important cornerstones is to build it around this simple concept of kindness, which also adds to your joy, because we love being around kind people. We love feeling kindness surrounding us and coming from us. We get as much joy out of being kind as we do from being treated with kindness. That's so true. I've had so much fun surprising and delighting people, to your point, just when I can surprise somebody with a little bit of kindness, man, does that resonate. Brian, as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, most of our Stacking Benjamin stackers don't own companies, but this is still something that you can practice in your own life. You talk about this concept that I just love called becoming a chief kindness officer. And this makes it really personal, I think, for each of us. Talk to me about that role. Yeah, that is really the fun of this book, because it's one thing to say, hey, we want to be kind. How do you actually deliver kindness? Whether we're talking to your family, whether you're talking to a customer, whether you're talking to a potential partner. How do you actually become someone who is really, really delivering kindness in ways that work? Well, and this also uh, and, brings something else, Brian, not to interrupt you, but also just as you're talking about this, you're starting to think then about how do I deliver it consistently, which is systems, right? How do I set up systems so that I'm the kindness officer? Absolutely. That's why I talk about the seven habits of highly effective CKOs. In the starting <laughs> place, a CKO, chief kindness officer, you don't have to get promoted into that slot. You can choose it. You can choose it no matter where you are in your life, whether, again, you're running your own little enterprise, um, whether you're part of something small, some part of something big. You can get into that, that corner suite right away by saying, I choose from this point forward to be a CKO, and I'm going to deliver kindness in ways that matter. One we already talked about, the, the foundation of them all is to be fully present. Um, and we can all do that every single time that we interact with another person. When we do that, we've created the, the foundation in which kindness can actually happen. One of the other ones that I love to talk about, and I think this is really important for your listeners, is one that's never taught, and it's called humility. Being humble, we have such a misconstrued view of humility, because a lot of people think humility is, you know, it's nice, but it's weak. But being humble and, and that when you're humble, you can't be confident. Well, you can be very confident and be very humble. John Wooden was very confident and very humble because being humble doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It means you think of yourself less. But the reason why humility is so crucial, especially in the finance world, is that only those who are humble are lifelong learners. Only those who are humble are more interested in asking a question and learning something new than into having to pretend to be right all the time. It's the ultimate key to moving from ego to ego. And believe me, as you know, from your years of doing what you do, the path to you know financial prosperity has some twists and turns. You're going to have to adjust. It's, it's a moving target. And so only when you're humble, where you're looking to get better every day because you know you can get better, you believe it with your heart. When we're humble with others, we send, again, it's a way to deliver kindness that we don't really recognize until we've done it because it, it allows people to feel important. You know, Bear Bryant, the great coach, said, when things go great, they did it. Things go pretty good, we did it. Things go bad, I did it. And what he, under, <laughs> what he understood was that kind of humility lifted the people around him to feel better about themselves and want to feel a sense of connection and loyalty. I'd never thought about that before. That's the fact that humility leads to a growth mindset just resonates with me so much, Brian. That's fantastic. The book is the ROI of kindness. Uh, where do people get it, Brian? They actually just need to go and do it two places and go to my website, which is brianbiro.com, B-R-I-A-N-B-I-R-O.com, or then go to inspirekindness.com. Um, either one, um, the book's right there. It's a fun little book full of stories. And they're great stories and fantastic takeaways, I think, for all of us. And it, of course, starts with the yield sign, which I immediately, immediately was sucked in because I'm like, yeah, okay, I definitely need, I'm definitely a product of conditioning. What was also inspiring, though, when I went to your Inspiring Kindness website was you also have a foundation for kids and kindness and kids and starting kids young here. Tell me about that, because I found that to be a very powerful place to start. 
Well, I'm so glad you brought it up because the central goal of the Kindness for Kids campaign, which every sale, uh, every purchase of book, uh, some of that money goes to Kindness for Kids. Um, And it's really to stop bullying. It's really to put an end to bullying, which whether or not you make it through it or not, it leaves scars that are indelible, that are probably uh, extraordinarily difficult to ever come away. And if we're going to change this world to a kinder world, we got to start with our kids. Um, and we've got to start by helping kids understand that they can disagree without being disagreeable. We've got to teach our kids that humility is strength. We've got to teach our kids to be present, which is so important in a technological world where we're present with our phones, but not with each other. And so I, I love the idea of, of starting young, because if we start them young, we start them on the good habits. And kindness really can only be proactive. It's easy to be kind to kind people. But real kindness comes when you're when you're kind to people who are not at their best, when people are scared or worried or not having a good day. That's the kindness that can transform. Hey, trivia fans, I'm your pal, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And, you know, all this talk about the ROI of kindness makes me realize I've done a hell of a lot of nice things around here. And what's my return? Nada. Nothing, no dice, zero zitch, zilp, zippo, crickets. Since no one around here is paying up, I just made a handy tally sheet to start collecting. Telling Joe's mom she looks great in those jeans, yeah, there's a dollar. Telling OG maybe those jeans aren't for his body type, that's a buck seventy-five. Nodding my head while I ignore Joe's Bavaria story for the, like, 32nd time, two f- dollars. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I am not unreasonable, people. Honest rates from an honest man, that's what I say. Compound interest on those numbers over the last nine years, and I'm probably rolling in it. Well, let's let you roll in today's trivia, shall we? I could probably afford a Rolls Royce with all the money I'm owed for my kindness, and the company was registered on this date back in 1906. So how about this question? How many million dollars was the most expensive model ever produced by Rolls-Royce? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can tally your own IOUs. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, Track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial.
Hey, stackers, I'm the kind and magnanimous trivia host you've all come to love. It's Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. So get this. I went to Joe and OG with my invoices of niceness, and they, they, uh, they, they laughed me out of the room. Can you believe that? I mean, see if I ever wipe down the table after board game night again, because that thing is filthy. Spoiler, Brian, it turns out the ROI of kindness is exactly zero here in the basement. So much for my stint as the chief kindness officer around here. Well, that's it. Let's at least have one positive, which is today's trivia. The question was, how many million dollars was the most expensive model ever produced by Rolls-Royce? Well, back in 2017, the company unveiled a one-off custom build called the Sweptail. At a reported price of nearly $13 million, it is believed to be the most expensive new car ever commissioned. That's a lot of dough, but not more than my good deeds will accrue in interest. Joe and OG don't hurry up and pay me off. That's a warning, boys. See ya. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think a paycheck for being kind coming anytime soon. Although, wouldn't that be great? Like, hey, OG, nice shirt. That'll be a dollar. Cha-ching. Being kind really does pay off. You can see when, uh, to Brian's point, when I'm in a workplace and I feel like all the people get along, you're excited to come to work. You're excited to do the job. You feel great to be part of a team that, I mean, how many studies have we seen over and over that people love being part of a team that has a good mission? That's the reason that uh, most people start working at startups. That's the reason that most people start working at um companies that are trying to fix things is that they enjoy the mission and they enjoy the people. And they, like you said, all the studies that show that people would rather work for organizations that care about them as opposed to the monetary uh, uh, contributions that happen. I mean, you got to pay people too. Can't just give them hugs. That would be a little weird. (laughs) That's what we should do for Doug. Come on, get over here. Hey, you've been promoted. Just give Doug a hug. Your, your new pay. Come here, big guy. It's a big giant squeeze from OG. You're welcome. You're welcome, Doug. Well, if you're following along with, with the stacker, not only do you have all of our notes on the first couple headlines with Brian Byro, but you also know this time for the Haven Lifeline. Let's throw out the Haven Lifeline, tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. Lingering hugs with the Doug. Oh, <clears throat> Definitely hugs. Hugs with Doug. And there's more time for hugs if you're spending less time filling out insurance applications. That's why Haven Life made the process so incredibly simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now. You'll get a free quote and you'll find the application has been completely streamlined. All those questions nobody really cares about, gone. Prices are affordable. Policies issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual. And you don't have to wait several weeks for a decision. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to Julian. Say hi, Julian. Hey, Joe and OG. I've been reading a lot lately about SPACs and how a lot of private companies are using those to essentially go public uh, and not use the traditional IPO route. This seems a bit sketchy to me, but there might be some legitimacy to it. Just want to know your thoughts. Thanks. Hey, thanks for that question, Julian. And I'm happy that we could kind of roll into this with our first headline today. OG, help us all out. We've been waiting the whole show for this. What the heck is a SPAC? I'm just happy that Julian Edelman called in. I mean, he's such a popular football player. I know, that, right? Uh, quite amazing that he would take time out of his busy Took day. a few few minutes off from, uh, well, it's the off season, so. Yeah, it is, but he's still getting jacked and tan, right? So Right. Uh, what's a SPAC? It's, I mean, it's basically a initial public offering of a, of a company, but without all the paperwork, which is the scary part. That's the thing that people are worried about. So under normal circumstances, you know, Joe, you and I own Stacking Benjamins. And if we decided to take it public, we would hire an investment banker. They would go through all the books. They'd make them all look right, you know, because maybe our accounting's a little off. Uh, and then they'd shop it out. They'd say, hey, who, who wants a part of this? And they'd go to all their big invest institutional investors and so on and so forth. And then we'd have this big IPO day. And they'd say, it's worth $10 a share. And it would IPO and it would go up or down. And now everybody can own parts of Stacking Benjamins. 
all of that costs money. And the purpose behind it is to raise capital so that as a um, owner, you now have new money that you can use to do other things with, right? Either liquidity or build new factories or whatever you want to do. Start new podcasts in our case. The problem is, is that it's a pretty expensive proposition and it takes a long time. It can take a year or two to kind of go through that whole IPO process. And if, if you don't time it exactly right, it can kind of fall pretty flat. You know, just think about anybody that IPO'd in the last four weeks, the stock market was down. You know, there was a lot of negative sentiment. Uh, probably not a great time to IPO. But if that was the culmination of all that work, you know, you're going to be pretty disappointed versus somebody who IPO'd in November, you know, everybody's excited, new presidency, new, you know, COVID's getting better, like, yay, that was a good time to IPO. So it's a little bit of a luck of the draw. So the way that a SPAC works, or a special acquisition company, is they're basically already IPO'd, but with nothing in it. So it's not a company. It's just a well, and the way that money. It, well, and my understanding about the way they do that is they find a public company, one that's already is listed on some exchange, already has a ticker symbol. They go buy that company. They target and they buy that company, which really ends up being then a shell, right? And they take over that company and then they just kind of redo everything, getting rid of the whole cost of the initial public offering. Am I right there? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of different ways to get it done. The more recent ones are organizations that go public with nothing in them. But as a rule, they have to take another company public within them. They have to do an acquisition. That's why it's called a SPAC, special acquisition company. They have to do an acquisition within two years. Otherwise, they have to give all of the IPO money back. So generally, the SPAC IPO is at $10 a share. You have so many investors and they're collecting all the cash. What you're assuming when you invest in a SPAC is you're assuming that the people in charge of it are going to go find a good company to acquire. You know, and a lot of times they'll kind of tip their hand a little bit and go, we're looking for an EV company headquartered out of Newport, Rhode Island. And they're like, oh my God, that's only like one company. We know which one it is. Yay. And then sometimes they're like, we're going to try to buy a finance company. And you're like, a finance company? That could be anybody. You know, the more recent one that just came out was the SPAC that acquired SoFi, which was a big deal. So it saves time and it saves energy and it saves processing power. The downside is you've got to trust the manager is going to go acquire a company that you want to own versus going, I'll just wait for SoFi to go public or I'll just wait for this EV company to go public or whatever. And that's why they call it a blank check because you're just trusting the woman or man at the head of this thing. Yep. More recently, you know, some billionaires have gotten into this and what they're doing is they're launching like 10 of them all at the same time. You know, and they've got all consecutive ticker symbols, ABCA, ABCB, ABCD, ABCC, ABCE, ABCF. And then you go, hey, I hear he's going to acquire insert company here. Which one of these is he going to put it in? We don't know yet. We haven't figured it out. I think it's going in this one. I think it's going in this one. And then you're gambling on which SPAC is going to acquire the thing that you actually want, the finance company, the EV company, the technology firm, whatever it Which is. then for Julian asking, is this something the average investor should be exploring or know something about the answer then? I'm guessing is no. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a risk just like any IPO, but it's an ex- a little higher risk IPO situation because you don't know what you're buying. <laughs> you don't know. And now that doesn't mean that once the acquisition happens, you can't buy it, right? You could do that and figure out what you want to do there. But um just kind of blindly throwing a few bucks in a whole bunch of $10 a share companies, hoping that the one, the one of the ones is the, the company of the, that you want to acquire or the one that you're actually hoping to acquire may not be the best case. The other thing that happens that bypasses this IPO route is what's just called the direct listing. And this is happening with a couple of companies lately too, where they just go, yeah, we're not doing any of that. And it's on the market right now. And they just make it happen. And so there is no IPO. There's no initial offering. It's all secondary offering at that point, basically trading on the stock market. So you got to be careful of those as well. Not as much due diligence gone into those either. So can be a good thing if you pick right, just like anything. Um, But you probably want to just stick to the tried and true method of investing. Buy stuff you know, hold it for a long time. This all comes down to the concept of standard deviation where, you know, when you start off with cash, the deviation is nearly zero, right? I mean, there's, there's a chance that the interest rate could go down, but you're not going to lose money in a FDIC insured savings account. But then you go to these really big 
stocks and put them in a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund like the S&P 500, and it's going to bounce somewhat the way the big companies bounce. And then you get to small companies, but then you get to initial public offerings and you have some data, but you still have to expect that there's a bigger upside and a bigger downside. But then you go one further OG where now I've got an, I've got essentially an IPO where I don't have any data. Well, then the upside could be even higher, which is what people love, but there's always the same downside, which is the chance right. of loss then becomes even, comes even bigger. Sadly, that means no such thing as a free lunch, I think. Maybe, as mom says. There's no such thing. Thanks for the question, Julian. you got a question for us. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. Julian is uh, taking home the shirt, the greatest money show on earth, uh, Haven Life Tea. P- probably my favorite of all of our, of all of our shirts. We got a n- couple new ones coming out too, by the way. Brad and I have been working. Well, he's been working and sending them to me. Brad and I working on them, which means he's drawing them and I'm nodding my head going, that's cool. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash voicemail though, if, if you've got a question for us. Well, thanks to everybody who's passed this along to a friend, by the way, who might need to hear about SPACs or using your stimulus money in a way that will upset Susie Orman, you know, using it responsibly, maybe upsets a strong word. We'll, uh, surprise Susie. Or if you need, uh, somebody works at a place where maybe they need more kindness or they need that message, the ROI of kindness. Thanks for passing it along. Thanks to everybody else who's left us a review of this show. Mom's got this one on the fridge. Crypto, 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 five stars from Brainwash01. If you're interested in crypto, just one of the innumerable topics about which you'll learn absolutely nothing by listening. Five stars, all capitals. That is that is great. Nice. Crypto all the time here. When we're not talking about SPACs, we're talking crypto. Or GameStop. GameStop, crypto. And finally, if you and your family have decided you need better help in your corner, need to surround yourself with the right people, you owe it to yourself to have a discussion with smart people that can help you move ahead faster. OG and his team are taking clients. So if that's something you need to know more about how they can interface with you for better money management, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash OG for their calendar. All right. That's going to do it for today. Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Oh, so you, now you want me to be nice and do you a favor and tell everybody what they should have learned. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Let me help out. I'd love to. First, take a lesson from our headline and let's show Susie Orman that we can do it. Use your stimulus check in a positive way, people. Like Don McDonald said, let's all get invested. Second, take a lesson from Brian Byro. Kindness can transform your brand, your success, and help you to attract a fantastic inner circle. Apparently, unless you work in one particular Texarkana basement, the big lesson. Yeah, when Joe's mom handed me her very detailed, very lengthy kindness invoice as a reply to mine, and wow, what a that's a pretty big bill I owe her. And it made me think. Well, let, let's you know, let, let's just call it even, Ma. I mean, it's like it's good, right? I mean, what kind of person keeps track of kindness anyway? I mean, not this guy, not me. I wouldn't, it's just not my way. It's just not the kind of guy I am. I mean, so like, we're good, right? Okay, cool. To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Thanks to Brian Byro for stopping by the basement. To learn more about how kindness can positively impact your life and your money, check out his new book, The ROI of Kindness, wherever books are sold or by heading to our show notes page. You can also reach Brian at brianbyro.com. That's spelled B-R-I-A-N-B-I-R-O-D-O-T-C. Oh, I'm not supposed to. Oh, I probably don't spell out the dot. So like the little dot symbol and then the C-O, you get it. Also, thanks to Don McDonald for helping us make today's show. 
you'll find Don's podcast, Talking Real Money, wherever you're listening to us right here. This show is created by Joe Saul Seahide, produced by Richie Rudder-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and if you could only know what it really smells like down here. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. Well, last week we asked you about some of your awkward or uh, tenuous brushes with fame and, and you delivered. If you're new to the show, we asked all of you stackers about times when maybe there was somebody famous around you and either you didn't know it at the time or you did know it, maybe said something stupid, something crazy. I remember standing in this line of parents during the first day of kindergarten, OG, and all the dads have these, this is going to give away my age, but every dad has his little video camera out. Of course, you do that on your phone now. Video camera. But not back then, but we all had our video camera. Doing a video of the first day, and the guy next to me kind of laughs after one of the kids does something funny, and I turn and look at him, and I do a double take, and it's uh, Larry Murphy, one of the top players in the NHL, standing next to me, another, another dad. And then I just completely froze and said nothing. And then a couple of weeks later, I was picking up my daughter from a play date, walk into this guy's house. And there's Larry Murphy standing there again, because Larry's kid was invited to the same play date and uh, had no idea what to say. I just went. Hockey. Good. You good hockey. You, 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 you play. I'm big fan. Lair. Lair. Just trying to keep it cool. Brian has a story for us. He said, when I was a kid, I'd go to a week-long summer camp, think parrot trap. I ended up making friends with another kid and his younger brother that week. We got along really well. We ended up exchanging phone numbers and said, we should hang out once we're back home. So once home, I got a call and he offered me the opportunity to go to a basketball day camp as his guest. Not a big basketball fan. So I turned him down. Turns out it was his dad's camp he was Rolando Blackman's son. If you don't know Rolando Blackman, he's a retired Dallas Maverick, had his jersey retired by the Dallas Mavericks. Brian says, I only found this out because another person I went to camp with goes and tells me he got to meet Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, and Michael Finley, among others. Let's just say I wasn't happy when I found that out. <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'll pass. I'm busy. I could meet all these top stars. No, thanks. Let's do one more here. Jonathan says, my weird celebrity encounter involves my side business. I buy Pokemon cards, send them off to get graded, then sell the graded cards. I made a post on Facebook one day, the cards I'd recently received to see if anyone in the group wanted to buy them before I put them on eBay. I had a man named Garrett Kelly comment on my post that he was interested in some cards. We started messaging and I noticed... My post started getting a bunch of comments, people asking if he was the pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Turns out he was, and he also invest in Pokemon cards. Invest. Those things can be worth some money, man. You know, it's so funny. My kids have just a crap load of them. And William was excited about this idea for approximately 
Six minutes? 11 minutes, yeah. Where he's like, I, you know, and then he's like, I want to go to the store and buy them all because there's probably some big ones in there. And I'm like, okay. So, um, Lisa was at the store with him and there was a huge long line of people. And she's like, what's, she asked the target person, she's like, what's going on? They're like, oh, they're releasing new Pokemon cards. And there was like packed with adults. It was all men just in line. Yeah. Yeah. Pokemon cards, not for kids anymore. Guess not. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.